I did not meet Mark until Iron Man when he joined us. And uh, I've just been blown away just by his calm demeanor, his wisdom, the story that he has and his response to the issues in his life. It's just been amazing to me. It's just been such an inspiration. So I'm excited to, to have Mark come and, uh, and I just, I'm going to learn more about him uh, along with you guys. So it's just, uh, I'm excited to have him come up and uh, lead us this morning. So Mark. Thank you, buddy. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. All right. I'd like to uh, open up with a word of prayer first. Lord, I thank you that we're all able to gather here today with everything going on in the world. And Lord, I just ask you to bless the words that I'm going to say and open the ears of anybody who needs to hear it, Lord. We know you're in this room. We know you're among us all the time. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, well, one of the things Rick didn't say about me is I'm a preacher's kid. And it's funny that we're talking about trust because one thing my dad always used to say is you can always trust a preacher to talk longer than he's supposed to. So we'll find out this morning if that's an occupational hazard or a genetic defect that I may have inherited. I'm going to keep, keep going here. So when Rick put the text out saying that he wanted people to talk this month on trust, I knew that I would volunteer to do one of the talks but I thought I'd take a couple days to figure out what I wanted to talk about and then text him back. And Bob, who's not here but did the first talk on trust, he sent his response in, I think, before I even got Rick's text talking about what trust was going to be. Bob grabbed trust in God. And I thought, man, i got to really pick my topic quick or Jamie's going to beat me to something. So I just went ahead and said, okay, I'm going to talk on building trust in relationships. Figured that was going to be a slam dunk. There's so much stuff in the Bible that talks about trust. There's not a whole lot in the Bible that talks about trusting each other. There's a lot in the Bible that talks about trusting God. Psalm 118 verses 8 and 9 says, It is far better to take refuge in God than trust in people. It's far better to take refuge in God than trust in celebrities. Micah 7 verse 5 says, Do not trust in a neighbor. Do not have confidence in a friend. From her who lies in your bosom, guard your lips. Proverbs goes on to say in uh, chapter 22, verse 24 and 25, Don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Bad temper is contagious. Don't get infected. So I figured I could just stop there. I'd hit my 10 minutes. <laughs> say, trust in God, don't trust anybody else, you're going to be good. But I figured I needed to dig a little bit more. And remembering that this is Iron Man, and our verse is Proverbs 27, 17, says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. Well, you're not going to sharpen anybody if they don't trust you. So you got to have an element of trust in your relationships. Ecclesiastes 4:12. by yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope can't easily be snapped. And if you think about it, if God is someone that we know we can trust, we're told that we're supposed to be just like him. In 1 John 2.6, it says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So we're supposed to model Christ. Throughout my career, I've had the privilege of working in three major areas. My dad went the preacher route. I went the technology route. I'm a software engineer, and I've worked in a lot of different areas. But the areas that I worked in were all really big on making sure that consumers trusted what we put out. The first thing I did was work in the defense industry, and I programmed missiles 
I, I built the target tracking systems for fire and forget missiles. Second thing I did was I jumped from there to medical and I worked on robotic systems for blood tests. And the third thing I did, which is what I'm still doing right now, I've been doing for the last 20 years, is sports broadcasting and doing special effects for sports. And I just recently took early retirement with ESPN. I worked for them for 17 years. So throughout these careers, I've heard so many talks on trust. And really, the company that I'm working with right now and the industry that I'm in right now is probably the one that stresses trust the most. If you think about it, if you fire a missile and you miss your, the center of your target by two centimeters, two inches, still blows up. You go get a cholesterol test and your cholesterol's two points off, high or low, it's not that big a deal. But if we're airing the Super Bowl and the last two minutes aren't aired, you're going to hear about it. <laughs> the Masters and you forget two holes in a playoff, it's going to be a big deal. So anyway, most of the, the workshops that I had on trust centered on something they called the four pillars of trust. And I'm going to give you the short version of that this morning. I'm going to save you thousands of dollars. And I'm going to save you a bunch of role-playing games that we all had to do when we were in those classes. So, all right. The first thing, they all start with C. So the first pillar of trust is communication. If you have a void of communication in your relationships, negativity is going to fill that void. And so you need to be open. You need to be honest. You need to communicate. Now, I, I wish I would have known this long, long time ago. Um, how old are you? The youngest person in the room. How old? He's 13. Well, th this will scare you if your dad's in here. I met my wife when I was 14. I started dating her when I was 15. We dated eight years all through high school and college, and now we're married 35 years. <laughs> so if you're good with math, I'm celebrating my 40th birthday for the 18th time. So, okay. Well, when we first started dating, my wife was crazy jealous. I mean, I couldn't do anything without her getting jealous. And it really, a lot of it, uh, maybe when we first started dating, I may have been a little bit too much of a flirt. I maybe deserved some of that jealousy. But as we started getting a little bit more involved in our relationship, I really wasn't doing anything to provoke that. And... If I would have communicated to her earlier to try to figure this out, I would have saved myself a lot of grief. But I, I figured I knew. The reason she was so jealous is I was such a stud. It had to be that. There had to be all these women that wanted to go out with me. That was the only answer. But when I, when I finally got around to talking to her about it, I found out that and a lot of this I knew. I just hadn't put the pieces together. She never had a man in her life that she could trust. Um, her dad left the family when she was three days old. Her grandfather stepped in, and she loved her grandfather, but he died several years later when she was still young. Her mom got remarried. Loved the man that she got remarried to. I think they got married when Karen was five, and he died when she was nine. So... She wasn't used to having anybody, a man in her life that would stick with her. So if you want to build trust, it's not always fair. You may need to overcome obstacles that you aren't even putting in that relationship. Okay? The second thing on trust pillar is connect. 
if somebody's going to trust you, you got to spend time with them. Okay, connecting usually means giving up your resources or giving up your time to be with other people. Whether that's your wife, your kids, somebody that you want to build a relationship with in this room. My wife and I used to take walks at night just so that we could kind of rehash our day and connect during the day. When I have little kids, I would put them to bed. I'd tell them stories. I'd pray with them before bed, connecting with them then. Now my kids are all grown. And they know that I hate social media, but that's the only way I can keep in touch with some of them. So I have a social media account that I have four or five followers, my kids and my wife, and that's about it. So go have coffee with a friend or have a beer with a friend. Start building trust in that relationship. It'll go a long way. Commitment is the third pillar. Okay, if you're talking about marriage, there's an oath. But in most of your relationships, you're not going to have an oath. Commitment, and in some of the workshops I went to, instead of commitment, they would say consistency. Well, commitment, I think, involves consistency. But I think commitment's a whole lot more than that. Commitment usually looks a whole lot like service and sacrifice. Now, most of you probably remember who Al Gore is. And Depending on what your political leanings are, you may not trust Al Gore in politics. But there's one person, maybe two people, that trust Al Gore very much. And when I read this, I really couldn't believe it. When Al Gore was vice president in 2000 and he was running for the presidency, he didn't miss a single one of his son's football games. And he didn't miss any of his daughter's field hockey games. Now, that may have cost us as, as taxpayers a lot of money. I don't know how he got there. But he made a commitment to his kids because his dad didn't ever go to a single one of his games. And he made a commitment to his kids that he was going to be there for them. And even though he was vice president and running to be president, he showed up. He was there. The last pillar is care. If you're going to go through all these other steps, but your heart's not in it, believe me, your wife's going to be able to figure that out, okay? Other people figure that out, too. Your kids easily figure out that you're just going through the motions. Your heart's not in it, okay? If you're going to build trust, your heart needs to be there, too, okay? Most of the workshops that I attended ended right there on four pillars, but those four pillars really fall short. Because even though I think my wife would tell you I'm a really good husband, my kids would tell you I'm a good dad, I fail in one or more of these four points every day. So I added a fifth pillar. And the fifth pillar is your relationships really need to be centered on Christ. Okay? If he's not in your relationships, you're going to have a lot of issues. And I'm going to end this with a quote from John Gordon, who's a Christian counselor, who sums this up. Making Jesus the center of your life, your marriage, and your relationships is your choice to make. He hasn't gone anywhere. It's us that move away from him. If you're cold, move closer to the heater. The short answer is don't live life alone. Do it with Jesus. Putting him at the center of your relationships does not make you or your relationships perfect. However, it teaches both of you how to treat imperfections with grace which means not giving up on the relationship easily just because of challenges. If you're hurt, forgive, just like how God forgives you, 
and be willing to give second chances. Thank you.